Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, where we share the Sermon of the Week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Hannah, come on up here. Everybody, my, my daughter is uh, um, a, a wonderful communicator. She has been her entire life. She's always been a, able to communicate what's on her heart. And um, I asked her to come and share what the Lord's speaking to her. And uh, she's married to Ryan for 10 years. They have four wonderful young little girls. And uh, would you please welcome Hannah Schaefer to the platform today to share the word of the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see all of your beautiful faces. Um, I was going to introduce myself, but he introduced me for me, so that's great. Um, Like he said, so Ryan preached last week. That's my husband, and we have four girls. And um, if you know me at all, just a little bit about me, I think... If you know me, you say non-GMO. Oh my gosh, what is she going to preach about today? What crunchy thing does she have to say today? Well, um, so I I home birth. We have my kids at home. I homeschool. I like making sourdough. I have chickens. I like keeping it pretty basic, okay? So that's that's a little bit about me. (laughs) I like to ferment things. I like to do all these different things. And... I thought 9GMO was a fitting title for today. And you're like, well, why? Well, I actually think that could have been Ryan's sermon last week, that when we don't live in connection, we're living in a a genetically modified world, right? Because we were programmed, we were designed, just like his sermon said last week, we were designed to live in connection, right? It was a perfect man with a perfect God because Adam hadn't sinned yet, and he had a perfect God in the perfect place. And yes, God said it was not good. That's crazy. And so knowing that God created us to live in connection, I think that us looking at any area of life to say, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to creation. Let's look back at the design before we try to figure out the function of something. Let's look at what what was going on with the person who made that when they made that. Why did they make that? Not, let's just figure out what we can do. No, let's go back to the basics, yeah? And so if we're going back to the basics, Let's go back to the basics of creation, just like Ryan did. And um, we're going to go back to Genesis, which is Genesis 2. It says, we're going to have some scripture today. So I would just encourage you to write down, get out, even if you want to use an offering envelope, you write on the back of that thing and it'll be great. And you just put that in your Bible. You got it. So we got some scripture today. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from all of his work that he had done. So there's some couple words here, rested and holy. I think we all are aware of creation story, right? God made the heaven and the earth. He made man and woman. He made the animals. He separated the sky from the sea, right? Are we aware of creation? That we were all created? Something didn't explode and we all ended up here? Okay, okay. So we were created, great. So we're going back to creation. We're going back to the design of how this all started. So there's a couple words in this scripture, rested and holy. Okay, so again, let's go back to the design. Let's go back to the roots of these words. Rested, Shabbat. Okay, rested, Shabbat. To cease, to stop, and to celebrate. That's what he did. (laughs) Sounds like a good day to me, right? So rested, Shabbat. And then why he made it holy. What does that mean? Kiddash is the Hebrew, just like Shabbat is for rested. Kiddash means to set apart, removed from common use, to consecrate, sanctify, to dedicate. Again, a great day. So you have this day, according to the scripture, that is set apart from common use. For what? To cease, to stop, and to celebrate. You do. Every week you have this day. And some people are like, oh my gosh, we're gonna talk about the Sabbath today. Oh my goodness. Have you ever, has anybody in here ever had a sermon on the Sabbath? Because we, we know the Ten Commandments, right? Again, we're going to the basics here. We're going to creation. We're going to the Ten Commandments, all of those different things. But in this created time where we talked about, okay, he rested. It was holy. This is the only thing he declared holy in all of creation was a day. 
That's very interesting, right? So this is this day set aside as holy. He sanctified a place. A place where? A place in time. That's crazy. Because God exists outside of time. We're going back to the beginning of our time of creation. But he exists outside of time. I know we're getting big concepts here, right? He was never not here. He has always been. He lives outside of time. And once he started our time, once our clock began at the beginning of the world, he set aside a time and made it holy. Normally, if you look at history, you look at gods, at different things, they might set aside a certain place, right? A spring or a mountain or a sanctuary, a temple, right? To come and worship him. And eventually that happens. But what does God do at the beginning of time? He sets aside a day, a physical day time and sanctified it and that was the day that he made holy y'all with me today you're like whoa what's going on stick with me here it's good so he set aside this time to say okay there's this day and it's made holy so if we're talking about genetically modified right so the world with no rest the world with no sabbath is genetically modified because when we go back to creation he set aside a whole day to rest. Does God need to rest? He's like, whoo, that's a lot of work, y'all. I got to take a nap. No, God doesn't ever sleep. He doesn't ever stop. He chose to say, I'm going to rest. I'm going to stop. I'm going to enjoy my creation. And the creation, the seven days of creation were not complete without his rest. It isn't the six days of creation and then he just rested after it was done. He had seven days of creation is what we all learned. And the last day is what completed it when he rested. And so the medical news today says genetically engineering food is a relatively new practice, which means the long-term effects on safety are not yet clear. Okay, so I would say that us not resting, it's unclear maybe of the long-term effects of how that could work. Don't get me wrong. I know I said I'm pretty crunchy. I like to make my own things, but I'm a sucker for a bag of Sour Patch Kids, y'all. I love me. I need me some of that. It's all like balance, right? It's all tension. You know, we do healthy stuff. And then I'm like, when I was pregnant, I was walking through Walmart and I was really thirsty. I didn't want those joke of a bottles by the checkout. I needed the big one. So I walked back to the water, the water aisle and I grabbed one of the big jugs that don't even have handles, but it's about the same cost as the one at the checkout anyway. So I'm walking around Walmart while I grocery shop drinking this ginormous, like, I think it's like the two gallon thing of water anyway. And then I was like, I need some Sour Patch Kids, y'all. So I find the Sour Patch Kids and I'm eating Sour Patch Kids, so pregnant, drinking my two gallons of water, walking through Walmart. It was great. And then I looked down, all my Sour Patch Kids disappeared. They like fell out of, I'm just, I ate the whole bag of Sour Patch Kids while I was walking through Walmart. And I'm like, I gotta buy these. So I check out and I put them in my Walmart bag and I get home and I'm unloading and Domina goes, an empty thing of Sour Patch Kids? Why do you buy an empty thing? Of, I was like, just, I was just, just, I tried to throw it away and Ryan's like, you ate a whole bag of Sour Patch Kids walking through Walmart? And I was like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. So, the long-term effects of Sour Patch Kids have not been determined, but I bet they're not good, okay? I bet they're not good. So, we don't know what this looks like. That If we go back to design, we look back at how God created us. He created us to rest. He created this day to set aside. And I think we can look and we say, oh, well... Um, what does that look like or why? I don't think that actually is how it works. I can't afford to take a day off, Hannah. I'm not saying it has to be a Sunday. I'm saying it can be any day. But you say, I can't afford to take a day off. I would venture to say you can't afford not to. And you're like, the devil doesn't take a day off, Hannah. Well, the devil loses, for starters. So um, if you want to be a loser, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> loser. Okay. So if you want to be a loser, then don't take a day off. And you're like, I can't. I can't, Hannah. I can't. Well, generally speaking, if we look back at the history of America, we used to have blue laws, right? Back to the 1960s, we used to have this time that you couldn't do anything. Stuff was restricted on a Sunday. You couldn't do those things, right? And Americans are so hostile towards, towards taking a Sabbath because we worship our time, right? How long is this meeting going to take? I only got a certain amount of time because I got somewhere else I got to be. And I'm putting my kid to bed, but I got to hurry and get my kid to bed so I can put my other kid to bed. And I got to do my work so that I'm ready for work tomorrow. Everything you're thinking about, the next thing, you're never fully present, right? And so 
That's not the way, that's not the way to be. The only time we actually end up resting usually is because we end up having to rest. Whether we get sick, whether we're like, I got to go on a vacation, I'm exhausted, I got to take some time. I would venture to say a vacation is a cheap knockoff. If you just would incorporate rest in this daily rest into your life, you could still go on vacations. There's nothing wrong with vacations. But if you get to the point where you have to have one, I got to have, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And so you say, okay, I can't afford to take a day off, Hannah. I can't afford to take a day off. You know who takes a day off? The Lord's chicken. Who's the Lord's chicken? Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A? Thank you. I got a Kanye fan in the house. Chick-fil-A? Um, so <laughs> I want to do it one more time just for Miles' laugh. Chick-fil-A? Okay. So after church on a Sunday, you're just like, man, I want some chicken. And I'm, I like Chick-fil-A. I don't really get it. I don't get why people wait in the long line. I like the Chick-fil-A sauce. And the chicken is just a way to get the sauce into my mouth. Don't read the ingredients and don't read the calories, but man, it's some good sauce, okay? The Chick-fil-A sauce. And okay, so Chick-fil-A, they choose to be closed on Sundays, along with some other places, right? Hobby Lobby, nothing bunk cake. There are places that close on Sundays. And I think that is great. And you're like, man, but they miss out on some money being closed. Well, let's look at something here for just a minute. So Chick-fil-A. 2017, they added up all these numbers. Chick-fil-A, an average franchise, one Chick-fil-A in a year made $4,090,000 for one store. $4,090,000 one year, one Chick-fil-A store. Now, let's look at some other big hitters here. We got McDonald's, Starbucks with their $15 drinks, dear baby Jesus. I'm like, I just want it to taste like coffee and not sugar, and now I have to spend... McDonald's, Starbucks, Subway. Let's add all three of these together. Yeah? McDonald's, Starbucks, Subway. Still doesn't make what one Chick-fil-A makes. In a year. In a year, Starbucks, McDonald's, and Subway collectively do not make what one Chick-fil-A makes. That's crazy. Like I said, Starbucks is expensive. You know, you add these three things up and they are running hot. How early does Starbucks open? How late does McDonald's stay open, right? But they aren't making what one Chick-fil-A makes and Chick-fil-A is closed one day a week. That's crazy. I believe God blesses rest and his rest is more effective than my work. Do you believe that? Because if you don't, then you're like, I got to work. I can't take this time off. I got to do this. I got to do that. Because if I don't, it won't get done. Are you more powerful than God? <laughs> like, do you trust he can get it done without you? Yeah. Okay. So you're like, Hannah, I'm so tired. I got things to do. I work 80 hours a week. I'm praying and I'm like, God, can you bless me? Like, I need some supernatural energy. I would venture to say it's not a prayer problem. It's an obedience problem because he's already given you the solution to your problem. If you're working that much and you're not taking rest, you're running tired because you aren't taking advantage of the gift he has given you. In Mark 2.27, it says the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for the Sabbath. He's given you a gift to be refreshed. And I want to encourage you and invite you today to take advantage of it. So... Let's get into that. Okay, I love the Sabbath, as you can tell, because I'm preaching about Ryan. I was, he's like, what are you going to preach about? I was like, I'm going to preach about the Sabbath. And he's like, you haven't preached about that yet? <laughs> I'm like, no, because it's like, I love it. I could talk about it all day. If you're friends with me, you probably know that I love it. And um, I have been on this journey for a couple years now. And I was like, Ryan, we need to have this day that we set aside. And he's like, I don't like, he wasn't super about it at the beginning. Like he, he liked the idea, but not my type A, like, this is what it's going to be. And he was like, that's a little extreme. And I was like, I think I just had to give it to God. Cause I was like, whatever, this is what I'm doing. And he can join in if he wants. And so, um, one night it was when Ivan and Gavin were here, Gavin prophesied over him and he, it was a huge answer to things that he had been pressing into God for. And he got home that night and he was laying down and he heard God say, Hey, you need to know more about this manuscript on your wall. So this is the manuscript that hangs on our wall. And it's Exodus 16. 
So this is the first time that Sabbath is ever mentioned in the Bible, the word Sabbath. So God rests in creation, but the first time taking a Sabbath and taking a day of rest is mentioned is in Exodus 16 with the manna and the quail, which we'll get into that in a minute. But this is an original manuscript. It's over 200 um, years old. It actually was preserved through World War II. And it's handwritten from a Torah. It's pretty cool. And um, so my dad gave me this. He went and he found it. I'm probably blinding you. Is it reflecting in all of your faces? So sorry. <laughs> well, it's from 1800 AD. There you go. I, there you go. That's okay. Anyway, so that's that. Um, so this is hanging on our wall because my dad gave it to me once I got really into the Sabbath. And God told Ryan, hey, you should know more about that manuscript hanging on your wall. Okay, so he falls asleep that night. Y'all got to buckle up. This is a cool story. He falls asleep that night, and that's that. He's tired. So he fell asleep. The next morning, he wakes up to a phone call. And it's from this guy who's in prison that Ryan had been ministering to. They talked regularly. He actually got saved in prison watching our TV program. And Ryan was preaching. And so they built this friendship and they talked all the time. I'd be like, oh, you talking to him? He's like, yeah, I'm talking to him. They talked all the time. So he called the next morning. He's like, hey, Ryan. And Ryan's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, last night I was watching the 700 Club in prison. So I was watching the 700 Club and they started prophesying. And Ryan's like, oh, cool. And he's like, you know what? He goes, they started prophesying. They said, there's a minister named Ryan. And he's like, really? And he's like, yeah. They said that he needs to know more about the Sabbath. (laughs) And Ryan's like, are you serious? And he's like, yes. He goes, I did not sleep all night because I was waiting for the phones to open up so I could call you in the morning because I knew this word was for you. (laughs) And... um. Ryan got off the phone and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, one, that he was watching 700 Club. Two, that he knew it was about you. Three, that he called you and told you. Like, insane. Do you know how many things had to line up? That that minister was willing to say that. That he had to be willing to watch it. Then he had to have built a relationship with him. For him to call him. Then him to be like, what? And then for God to have warned him the night before. Like, are you kidding me? So needless to say, he's on board with Sabbath. And um, (laughs) so um, he, he knew the Sabbath before, but he was like, whoa, there's something here, which has sent us on this journey to dive in to say, man, God, what is in this gift you've given us, right? Do you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven? No. Do you have to go to get baptized to go to heaven? No. Do you have to rest to go to heaven? Everybody's like, don't answer the wrong answer. I don't know. Well, it is a Ten Commandment, and so we're going to get into that. But I would venture to say that there's this gift that you have been given, and you have the opportunity to take advantage of it. And will you? Right? So we say, okay, during offering, we talk about it regularly. All the money we have is God's. But we give money as a sign in a tithe or in an offering to say, God, all the money I have is yours. Here is some to go towards you. It keeps our heart and our money in check with who God is. In our marriage, all my time is Ryan's time. And we we live, that's great. But if we don't set aside specific time to be intentional, to go on a date, to connect face to face, that's what we do. That's where the connection lies, right? Same with our time. All of my time is God's. I pray to God every day. We talk every day. But if I don't take aside the specific day and say, God, this is my day to be with you, right? This is an investment into our life and what it comes to. So first time the Sabbath is used is in Exodus 16. It's the manna and the quail. And God sends manna every day to the Israelites. He said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of the Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath. Same word of rest, which is Shabbat. Same word of holy, which is Kiddush. It's Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want, boil what you want, whatever it is, keep it until morning. What's interesting here is God is sending manna out. They say it's like coriander seed, like dust. We can get into the, it's a fun thing, but we won't get it. That's not what we're here for today. So he drops it six days a week. And they say, collect as much as you need for that day for your family. And you collect it. But I know some of y'all, you're like, I just need a little bit more just in case. Just in case. Let's, well, for tomorrow, what if it's not there tomorrow? Let's take a little extra. You take a little extra the next day covered in mold and maggots. 
cannot last an extra day. Not possible. God made it that way. But on the sixth day, it somehow mysteriously lasts for the seventh day because you aren't allowed to collect on the seventh day. The seventh day is a day of rest. So you had to have collected enough on the sixth day and it, can't, it doesn't get moldy. It's perfectly fine the next day. God supernaturally provided and then that day specifically, it lasts an extra day. That's crazy. That's how God works, right? He rewarded the obedience and said, I'll make that last an extra day where every other day it doesn't. That's interesting. Anybody else? No? Yes? Okay. So, same word, holy. They have that set apart day. This is the first time actual Sabbath is talked about. So, like I said, we're going back to the basics here. We talked about creation. We're going to talk about the first time Sabbath is used. Now let's go to the Ten Commandments. These are all pretty, pretty A, B, C, one, two, three. These are physical things. Don't murder somebody. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay. Yeah? Amen. Great. Okay. Honor your father and mother. Amen. amen. My mother says amen. Okay. Do not commit adultery. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's not steal. Good call. Yep. Amen. Okay. Don't covet. Let's not want something that somebody else has. Amen. Right? One God. Amen. Oh, okay. Okay. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Whoa. It's a commandment. Ah! Okay. So some people say, well, that's like a, like it's a, it's an idea. It's like a heart position. I go to church. Yeah. But none of that other stuff is spiritualized. All that stuff is pretty black and white. It's in a physical time and place, right? So it's a physical commandment. You can't really spiritualize it. I mean, all of them are physical, like murder, all these different things. It's a physical commandment, right? We can't spiritualize that. So some people say, well, Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. True, he did. But can you murder somebody now? Okay, um... Can you have another God? Because, you know, Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. Okay, so Jesus did come and he fulfilled the law, but there are still some commandments. It says the law is written on our hearts, right? So this is a heart issue. Okay, let's keep going. This is fun. Okay, so Exodus 20, like I said, we got some scripture because we're following it out. This is what we're supposed to do. It's not just like, let's just talk about what we think. Let's get to the Bible. The word is infallible, right? So Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, it says, remember, because sometimes we forget. I'm, I got four kids. Sometimes I forget some stuff. So we got to remember, right? Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. So it doesn't say make it holy. It's already holy. We're just keeping it holy, right? Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, to the Lord. And it goes on, talks some more about that, but we're keeping it holy. We're not making it holy, we're keeping it holy. Set apart, removed from common use, right? Kidash, consecrate, sanctified, dedicate. So we have this sanctuary set aside in time. We have this day given to us that we don't have to go to this place, right? In this place, there is not a temple. There's not um, a tabernacle yet. None of this has happened. This is the day, the sanctuary that God has created in time and place, which I think is really cool. So he sanctifies time. Time is made holy in creation. That's the first thing he, he sanctifies time. Then he comes and he sanctifies us. How? By offering sacrifices, by doing these different things. Then what? He sanctifies and makes a holy place with the Ark of the Covenant, with the tabernacle. It's the third thing, right? This holy place. And when does that happen? When does the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle come into the picture? After the Israelites decided to create a thing to worship, the golden calf. So they were like, nope, we need something here. We need to be able to see something. We need this golden calf. We need this God. So they start worshiping this and God's like, all right, well, we'll, we'll get a thing. He knew they needed it. And he goes, all right, they started worshiping something. Let's create something. And so that's in Exodus um, 25, 32. That's when all the stuff is happening with the golden calf and all of that. 
And, and that's when he decides we're going to create this tabernacle. We're going to create the Ark of the Covenant. Is anybody, we're reading the one year Bible. Some of the women are, and this is what we've been reading. So many days about the tabernacle. So many days about the sacrifices, right? It's been a lot. Not as long as the days we wrote, read Job. That was a lot of Job action, but it was good. But now we're in the tabernacle and it's been great. So at Sinai, he says, okay, we're going to build this tabernacle. We're going to do this thing. So Exodus 31, this is where he's talking about it again. It says the Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. Love the word covenant. I love the word covenant. That same covenant is the same one that's used with um, Abraham. For the Abrahamic, Ryan's been watching um, and listening to Theosu. Um, if you guys don't know what Theosu is, it's a great tool to get theology in. Nathan Finocchio actually is the founder of that, and he's coming for Fivefold next year, and it's going to be awesome. This year. This year. Yeah, sorry. I still feel like it's December, kind of. This year, he's coming, and he is the founder of Theosu, all about theology. It's going to be great. Anyway, he was watching a class on Covenant. And the, Adam, um, the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 15 and 17, the Noahic covenant of Genesis 6 and 9, all these covenants that God has made is the same covenant word he's using right now, saying this is going to be the sign of the lasting covenant, which is powerful. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and on the earth, and then on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. Who wants to be refreshed? The refresh word is niposh, means to breathe freely and to recover. Praise you, Jesus. A day to breathe freely and to recover. What I love about this scripture is it says it will be a sign. We're called to be a sign, right? The world that we live in is not, we're not just living our life with God for ourselves, which is awesome. I want to breathe. I want to be refreshed, but I want that to be a ripple effect out to the people around me, to my neighborhood, to my family, to my community. That's what we're called to do, to be an example, right? To be a witness. And so if this day is supposed to be a sign to those around us, because that's literally what it says, it will be a sign. That word sign is oat, a testimony, a banner. I love the word banner. A testimony, a banner, a signal, and an omen. So this is what we get as a gift. And this isn't something we have to work for. It's been given to us. So let's just relieve that pressure there, right? We don't need to work for it. It's given to us. You might not think you need it, but God didn't need it and he chose it. So, okay, yeah, Hannah, I like this idea. I'm here. I'm on board. I'm going to take a day off. Vacation. What are we going to do on this day off? I'm going to watch football all day. I'm going to go to the lake. I'm going to get tan. I am going to go do a day trip to St. Louis. This is great. I get a day off to not work and I get to go do fun things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. As um, Stephanie, Stephanie Lewis, Jeremy's wife, always says, hold the phone. Hold the phone. No. Um, wait, just a second here. Just a second. Let's, um, great. I'm really happy you're on, on board with this. Um, Eugene Peterson, who's the guy that wrote um, the message, he translated the message. He wrote a great book called The Contemplative Pastor. He's a man of God. He's awesome. He actually says, mm, that's actually a bastard Sabbath. That's the, like an illegitimate seventh day of the Western culture. And it's like, well, ooh, mm, okay. So you say, okay, um, I don't really get it then, Hannah. Great, great idea. Don't really know what we're supposed to do. Let me help you. That's what I'm here for, is to help you. What the Sabbath looks like for us in our house, it's a, dot, it's a day set aside where we get to feast. Can I get an amen? We get to embrace. We get to spend time together. We get to rest. We get to be fully present. We get to worship. So right now, we do it on a Sunday. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a Sunday. But we come to church on a Sunday. Our phones are like off. So all of my apps are untouchable. They're like blocked out. I don't know if you can see it. But like you click on it, doesn't work. So if I'm like, I could just check real quick. No, doesn't work. If I want to text people, doesn't work. None of it works. I am unreachable. Today I am not a consumer. I cannot buy that one thing on Amazon that I got to get today. Doesn't happen today. Can wait till tomorrow. So um, we're created to be, cons the world has made us a consumer. If I don't have something, yes, the first world has made us a consumer. And so I say, oh, I'm not getting enough stimulation right now. Let's look at my phone. 
gotta consume. When you're swiping along Instagram and you're just going like this, you're literally consuming more information than you were ever designed to be able to process at once. So I'm consuming, I'm consuming. Okay, well I gotta get that toilet paper, I gotta get that, I'm just gonna add it to my cart real quick. You're always doing, consuming something left and right, watching TV, doing this on my phone, doing that. Okay, so we're not gonna do that. I'm not gonna consume today. So that's what we do. I'm not gonna do chores. As a mom, this was hard, but man, it was rewarding. Those dishes can sit in that sink today. And I don't feel bad that I'm not doing them. Because even when you're not doing them, you're like, should be doing those. I'll just load them. I'll just load them. I'll just switch the laundry from the washing machine to the dryer. It only takes like 30 seconds. It's not a big deal. But it's always in your brain. The amount of brain space that that takes up, all the women are like, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not an option. It's not happening today. Today, I'm not working. Today, I'm resting. And so my kids know. They're like, it's the Sabbath. They love it. They're like, today's the Sabbath, mom. No school. Because we kind of blends together and I homeschool. So if we don't get it done during the week, we do it on Saturday. So they're like, no school today. And I'm like, yeah, no school today. They're like, no dishes today. Because that's what they do. And I'm like, yeah, no dishes today. And, they're, and I can't think about doing laundry. And they know I'm not on my phone. They're like, Is today, can today be another Sabbath? <laughs> and I'm like, not every day can be a Sabbath. And that's the thing. You work hard for six days you get the Sabbath, right? You need that day of rest, right? And so we can't just be sloths all week. Okay, so there it is, there it is. Okay, so let's talk about what the Sabbath isn't because sometimes that's hard. There's a donkey Sabbath, which is just like I said, we're just lying around all day doing nothing. The golden calf Sabbath, so indulgence and pleasure, anything that brings me pleasure, let's do that. Devil Sabbath, well, let's do all the silliness, the idolatry, the day. let's just take a day off from, from following God because this is my day off, right? Pleasure Sabbath, well, let's gonna go out, let's have some fun, let's go do some fun things, let's get on the boat, let's go on the lake, let's go do all that. Oh, the sensual Sabbath, let's do anything that feels good today. Outward Sabbath, which I think is where some of us land. I know this is where I landed, which is, oh, I honor the Sabbath, but there was no actual enthusiasm in my heart as a day of spending it with God. Right. It's like, I go to church, Hannah. That's the Sabbath. We go to church. That's awesome. But you're missing out on this awesome gift that he has given us. Because the work, we work all week, but we don't have a Sabbath. That's slavery. Like, are you a slave? I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be a slave to what? To my schedule, to my job, or even to my family. I think sometimes as moms, we feel slave to our family. Like, I just got to do it. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? Right? And there's a day and it just isn't done. And that's fine. And that's fine. Right? But a Sabbath minus any work, that's laziness. So there's this tension here, which um, God is so gracious and he does it. And you're like, okay, well, um, it's, good, it's good when we don't get to do everything that we want to do on the Sabbath because my desires are not the Lord of my Sabbath. Jesus is. So let's look at this. Let's look at what Jesus wants. Jesus wants to be with us. He wants to commune with us. He wants this intimate relationship with us where we aren't distracted. All our mind space is taken up by all these things and we get to be with God one day a week and you're fully present and something shifts in our heart. Like I said, this is a heart thing. And I mean, we have four kids, we put them all to bed, we do all this, but I'm usually like, I got to get this kid to bed so I can get another kid to bed or that I can actually have a minute to connect with my husband because I'm exhausted and I got to go to bed, but I got to get this kid to bed so I can, it's always something. But I'm telling you that something shifts. And I know that you're like, I don't believe you, or I've never seen that, but something shifts in your heart and it's beautiful. Because I'm rocking my kid to bed. I'm not gonna cry, y'all, but I'm rocking my kid to bed and I normally, you just feel it. There's something different. I'm rocking my kid to bed and I'm like, I gotta get this done. Like literally, in my head, I'm singing a worship song. I'm like, let's get this done. Like, you know, but when there's a day that I'm not like, I gotta switch that laundry, I got to go run that errand. I got to create that list. I got to go balance my checkbook. I got to, no, I'm just there. I'm fully present. And that's all that's required of me on that day is to be fully present. And something literally shifts because I'll find myself forgetting about it and I'm rocking really fast. And then all of a sudden I feel a, like you're just there. You're just fully there and you're fully present because you have nowhere else to be. 
And that's what God desires from us when we're praying, when we're worshiping, to not check it off a list, but to be fully present with him. That's what he desires from us. And all week we get so busy, we do these things, and we pray and we talk and we read the Bible and we go to connect group, but it's still just another thing to do. But to have this day to set aside and be like, God, I'm just with you. What does that look like? It looks like coming to church. It looks like seeing Jesus and the people around you on a Sunday and saying, man, like, how are you doing today? And loving them and being present. It looks like being present with your kids. It looks like um, not saying, I got to mark something off my list. That's what it looks like. So we get to enter into his rest. The Sabbath and the gospel scream the same thing. We don't work to get to a place where we finally get to breathe and rest because that's slavery. Like I said, rather we get to rest and breathe and enjoy God that we might enter in to his rest because it's always there. It's always there. His rest is always readily available. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11, it says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Like I said, we're supposed to be an example to my kids, to my neighbors. It's like, this is the day that we take off. This is a day, I mean, how many of us, how many restaurants have to stay open because we're all going out to eat some good food after church? And it's like, yeah, so you don't have to cook, but so that they can go to work and serve you. I'm not saying I don't go out to eat. These are all just food for thought. There's no condemnation here. These are all just being tossed out there. So there's intentionality from effort to enter this rest. And this isn't a laborsome thing. This isn't like you got to do all these things. But on Saturday night, we make sure the house is clean. I make sure I load the dishwasher because I know for my peace of mind to be fully present on Sunday, I have to do a little bit of prep. And that's just for me. Did I have to? No, but I choose to. So my kids know we clean up on Saturday night. We do all these different things. And on Sunday, if they make a mess, it just stays a mess. And it's freeing. And it's great. So this rest is always existent. We insert into it. And it looks different for everyone, but the same biblical principle is there because it's a heart issue, right? So God wants our obedience. Jesus wants our obedience, but he wants our heart, right? So once our heart is captured by God, by Jesus, and we take this step into relationship with him, we say, okay, give me the rules. I want to do the rules. But it has to go deeper than that, right? Because he came and he fulfilled the law, but he came to have relationship with us so that we could commune with him. So we could have these things and it becomes this heart issue. Because if we just make it something to check off, it's like, well, I love Ryan because I did his laundry this week and I put his dishes from the counter into the dishwasher you know, or I did these things and I checked these things off and it's like, no, I love him because my heart is positioned towards him and that I desire him and I have time set aside to be with him to where he is my only one. And what I'm reminded of is because I've been called Martha a couple times in my life because I like to get things done. In the Mary and Martha story, I can relate to Martha because I'm like, somebody's got to cook. Y'all would be hungry. Like, The stuff has to get done. And if you see me at a party or a gathering or I have people over, I'm usually the one in the kitchen trying to make sure stuff is put together. And I've been challenged to say, that doesn't matter. I'm just going to be present. I'm going to prepare. And then what it is when people get here is what it is. And so in Luke 10, the Mary and Martha, Jesus is talking to Martha. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. What is this one thing? It's to be captivated by Jesus's presence. To say, whoa, you have this heart. Your heart is adoring. You're responding to God's extravagant love on your Sabbath with worship. She offered her presence. And I think sometimes we undervalue our presence. But we so often have our phone next to us on the dinner table. We're here but we're not fully here. It's sitting next to us, right? Just in case somebody texts us, just in case I got to, oh, nobody's talking. Let me just check this real quick. You're not present. 
I do this. I'm not, ta- I'm not saying this about anybody. I'm not fully present. That's why my kids love the Sabbath because my phone's like this somewhere. But sometimes I still pick it up and I'm like, I'm just carrying around the block. Has no use today. Literally nobody can contact me, but it's a habit of just carrying it around and I got to keep it close, you know, but my kids love it because I'm not available. They actually feel like I'm fully present with them. When I'm talking to God or I'm praying to God, I'm fully present. And stuff might pop up, well, man, if I got to do that. And if you feel like, I'm going to forget about it, write it down. Create a list. Just like I would encourage you in your prayer time. When you're trying to pray to God and stuff keeps popping in your head, have a piece of paper there. Write it down. You won't forget. Come right back. Write it down. Come right back. And that's what you do. Oh, man, that long, I got to put that stain remover on that stain because that ketchup is going to stain that shirt. And if I, can I not put the stain remover on the shirt? So I put the stain remover on that shirt. I'm going to be breaking the Sabbath because I'm doing laundry. This is not, this is not legalism. Okay. Put the stain stick on or write it down and do it the next day. He just wants you. He just wants you fully present. And he's given you the perfect opportunity. You say, I don't have time to do that. He's given you this day to set aside to be fully present with him. On Psalms 27, 4, it says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. The gift of our present, the gift of God's presence is a rare and beautiful gift to be fully engaged, to be fully present in this moment. Right here it's saying to gaze on the beauty. So often we get distracted and we don't gaze on the beauty. We're going to get to heaven and you're not going to have laundry. Like we're going to get to heaven and you're not going to have dishes. Are you going to know how to be fully present with God without distraction? Because we're practicing for eternity. And I believe the Sabbath is a day whispered where we get to be in eternity for a day. And be fully present. Because we're going to get to heaven and we're not even going to know how to be fully present because the world has programmed us to consume. So, we have this gift to set apart. Like I said in Exodus 31 where it talks about being a sign, that ot, which is the Hebrew, ot, that testimony, that banner, that signal, that omen. In Deuteronomy 5 it says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And it goes and it talks about how to do that again. But it also says it's not just for you. It's also for your son and your daughter. Also for your male and female servants. So you're giving your servants a day off. You're, you're paying them on their day off, right? Because they're still your servant, but they aren't working for you that day. Neither are your animals, your ox, your donkey, none of that. Or any foreigner residing. So any visitors, they get to come and they get to participate in your Sabbath too, right? So your male and, servant, male and female servants may rest. This is countercultural living. Your freedom affects other people. You living in freedom gets to let other people live in freedom, which is huge. This is a great testimony. It's that sign, right, that goes out because so often we get consumed with the, the nitty gritty. You, I got to do this or when is the Sabbath going to be over so I can do that? In Amos 8, 5, they're talking and it says, when will the new moon be over that, me we, that we may sell grain and the Sabbath be ended that we may market wheat? Skimping on the measure, boosting the price and cheating with dishonest scales. So, what? So let's get rid of the Sabbath day. When is this over so I can, you know, boost the price on these things and cheat and with dishonest scales? Can we just get to that part? What? Like, I didn't see that before in the Bible. Yeah, well, the Sabbath puts people before prophets. The Sabbath puts people before our schedule. It's a form of resistance against the mindset of being a mere cog in the machine. So, like y'all are quiet I hope you're getting encouraged challenged (laughs) challenged maybe maybe not encouraged maybe challenged so my challenge to you is to say are we are you being a consumer are you being a steward right just like my dad was talking about the revival happening are you going to go be um, an observer or are you going to be a participant these are challenges to say what is the way we're approaching our life because the desire that we have in our heart my, my desire is infinite I could just desire everything. I want it all. My desire is there, okay? Um, But I'm finite. My body cannot handle infinite desire because it will never be met. 
Why? Because I was created to go to heaven and to be with God who actually could fulfill all of the desires that I have. And so if I keep turning to the world to fulfill these desires, I will always be disappointed because I was created for infinite desire. That's great. But that's why the world is like, oh, you want that? Let's give you this. Let's, let's use the cookies on the website so that they, they hear me sometimes. I'm like, how do they know that I want that sourdough whisk? Because they heard me talking about it. Dang, Siri. Listen to me. They know. They, they know because they want you to consume. They know we're programmed for desire, but the world can never meet it. Only God can. And so as we shift our desire, as we shift our desire to say, God, you are the only one that can ever meet the actual desires of my heart. And yes, we should do this throughout the week, but to take a day it ripples throughout your week. I am telling you, it ripples throughout your week. Say you do it on a Sunday. Man, on Monday and Tuesday, you're living off the high of Sunday. You're like, man, wasn't that good? We had such quality time. That was great. We had a great day at church. And now by Thursday, Friday, you're like, man, I can't wait for Sabbath. You hold on for that day. You're like, I can do that today because I know Sunday I get that day set aside. So it's something you live off the high and then you look forward to it. It is part of your weekly rhythm that is powerful. So putting our desire back on God because it's infinite, but we are finite. So that's what leads to restlessness. We say, man, I'm just so restless. I can't get peace. I just am always thinking about this. It's because you have an infinite desire you're trying to meet by the world and it just isn't going to work. So what does that look like? God desires to have all of us, right? I just talked about Mary and Martha and he wants this deep relationship with us. He wants us to just desire his presence because that's what he desires of us. And um, he actually really does desire you. I don't know if you're like, oh, you know, Jesus loves me. Yeah. No, he really loves you. And not loves you like he has to love you, like your second step cousin where you're like their family they're a little weird but I gotta love them he desires you like a lover like better than your husband or better than your wife he desires you he's romancing you he's pursuing you um I just read this book captivating I don't know if any of you have read it as a woman most powerful book ever and now I'm reading heart of man which is the male version Wild, I always say heart and man. Thank you, Jeremy. It's Jeremy's heartbeat. Wild of heart. He's the rep of the book. He loves the book. He could talk about it all day, all night. Um, it is a great book if you're a man. Wild at heart. It is all about God romancing you. He is pursuing you. He is chasing you down. He desires to be pursued. Just as he's pursuing you, he desires to be pursued. He's a jealous God right? Would I like it if Ryan was like with me, but he had another woman, but really I was like the one he talked to the most, but he had another one and it's okay. No, I'd be jealous, right? It wouldn't be right. God is a jealous God and we have all these other things pulling our attention and he's saying, I just want you. I just want you. And he's pursuing you. He's chasing you down. And, um, this is an opportunity to be chased down and to be romanced for a whole day. Okay. So, he desires for you to be made whole. Who wants to be whole in this house? Whole. I want no baggage. I want no sickness. I want no heart pains, no wounds. I want to be made whole. That's great. The Sabbath was made for you for that. John seven twenty three. Sorry. Whoa. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken... Why are you angry? This is Jesus talking. Why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Why are you mad at me for healing somebody's whole body on the Sabbath? Why? Jesus is like, can you tell me something about that? Well, the Sabbath is about wholeness. Time and time again, Jesus goes against the law to pursue wholeness time and time again, because he cares about it. And I think the Sabbath is the perfect day for that to happen. Matthew 12, it says the disciples were allowed to pick grain. They were allowed to eat because they were hungry. Jesus is like, yeah, go for it. Are you allowed to do that? No. But Jesus says, yeah, go for it. It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. He healed a shriveled up hand. In Mark 1, he casts out an impure spirit. All this is happening on the Sabbath day where they're not supposed to be doing anything. They're not supposed to be lighting a fire. Their laws were strict. 
like so strict. I get, I get into the word, read about it. It's crazy. You cannot be doing this, can't be doing that. You literally could just be present. You prep all the food the day before and you're just present. They're not lighting fires. They're not lighting their oven. They're not lighting candles. They're not doing anything. This is their day. So cast out impure spirit. John 5, there's an invalid and he says, pick up your mat and walk. We all know that story, right? Pick up your mat and walk. That's a day of Sabbath to pick up your mat, not supposed to do. And he's healing him on the Sabbath, right? John 9, he made mud, opened a man's eyes on the Sabbath. His, his rhythm of life in itself was a prophetic act against the rhythms of the world. That's the way we're supposed to live. Amen. Powerful. So, rhythm of life. Write that down, mom. Thanks. So, we have our Sabbath day, one day a week. Could be a Saturday, could be a Sunday. Now, Oh my gosh, I just looked at the clock. Woo! Y'all stick with me. I had to like, I narrowed down my pages this week. I had 10 pages of notes and Ryan was like, that's a little much. And I was like, but I love the Sabbath. Okay, just take a minute. I'm gonna recalibrate. It's 11.35. Awesome. Okay, so, whoo. Okay, what's important to say here, people? All right, so we have the Sabbath. He gives us this one day a week to set aside, to embrace him, to embrace our family, to be fully present that one day a week. Now, he gives a Sabbath year. I don't know if you're aware of this. He gives a Sabbath year, Exodus 23, where a whole year, it's a Sabbath. <laughs> what? You don't plant anything, but your fields still produce and you get to eat it. He provides enough to where you get a whole year of Sabbath every seven years. Now come with me again. That's just insane. Can we all just, if you got a year off from your job every seven, every seven years, you just got that year off. Would we be saying amen to that? Yeah, amen. Okay, you're like, praise you Jesus. Then there is a year of Jubilee. What's my last kid's name? Jubilee, do I like the Sabbath? Just a hair. So there is a year of Jubilee. So there's a Sabbath day. There's a Sabbath week, which is one week every seven weeks. Now there's a year of Jubilee. My mom and my husband are talking. Then there is a year of Jubilee, which is every 50 years. So, y'all are distracting. I asked her what Jubilee was. He was, asked, he was asking me about Jubilee. I said we got it. Okay, sorry. Okay, Sabbath day, Sabbath week, every Sabbath years. Now every seven Sabbath years, are we following me here? Every seven Sabbath years, you have a Sabbath day, Sabbath week, Sabbath year. Every seven Sabbath years, which is year 50 is the year of Jubilee. Do you know what happens in this year? Slaves are set free. Property is returned. There's releasing of the depths, returning of property. It's an economic, cultural, environmental, communal reset where the land and the people rest and all those who were in slavery were set free and returned to their communities. It was a year of redemption. A complete year. You were a slave, now you're free. You lost your property because you went into so much debt, you made, let's start over. That's insane. That's the gospel. So, he's pursuing you. He's chasing you down. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, seek me and you will find me with all of your heart. Like I said, God yearns to know you. Last week, Ryan talked about in Hosea, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt sacrifices. He wants to know you. So this is a day where we could get caught up on the logistics and say, well, it has to be this and X, Y, Z, but this is a heart issue and he desires you. He's chasing you down and he wants to know you. He's given you this gift to pursue you. So you man, man, I live a really distracted life. Well, today, the Sabbath is a day for delight. Well, I live a really hurry. I got a lot of things I got to do. Today's a day to slow down. Man, there's a lot of noise happening. This is happening. Quiet it down. Well, I live in isolation. I'm not really good at... Nope, we're going to have a deep relationship, a deep connection with my family and with God. Man, I'm really confused. I can't really think... Nope, today is a day of clarity. Man, I really need that. I got to have that. You just... Oh, I got to... Nope. Today is a day of gratitude and to be thankful for what God has given. I don't need anything else. Man, I'm really worried about this. I don't know what to do about that. 
Today is a day I'm just going to trust that God is my provider and that manna is going to last another day and it's going to be fine. Man, I really want that. I got, nope, I'm just going to enjoy. That's what the Sabbath does. It speaks to you. It entices you. It invites you. It nourishes you. It's a day of comfort. It's a day of inspiration to feast. We have a plate that we eat on every, every um, Sabbath, and we put it in the center of our dining room table, and it says Shabbat in Hebrew on it. And my kids are always like, where's the Sabbath plate? Where's the Sabbath plate? And they know that we're going to eat off of this every Sunday night. I try to create habits because your kids are watching. Do you want your kids to be walk- workaholics? Do you want them to feel like you can't ever be present with them and that you always got to have your phone? You got to do, no, it's just a day and your kids are watching and it's a sign, right? It's a banner to your kids, to your family, to your, to your work people, to everything. It's like, oh no, sorry, I can't do that that day. That's my day where I'm just going to be with my family and I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be with God or whatever that looks like. You're living as a testimony. And so you can go ahead and cue the music. <laughs> um, this is an invitation. This is not a, oh my gosh, I've been failing. I haven't been doing the Ten Commandment. This is an invitation to say, man, God has given me this gift and I want to take advantage of it. I want to enjoy this gift God has given me. So you get into the word. My Bible is every single page that has anything about the Sabbath is ear is earmarked with post-it notes. And it's like, it's just so intriguing. And God is so good. Man, maybe you're really tired and you're like, I don't, that doesn't even compute. I have no idea how I would set aside that time. God will reward it. Actually, the Seventh-day Advents, who, they, they set aside a day religiously, literally. Seventh-day is in their religion title. There have been studies done. They live about 10 years longer than anybody else. Why? I would dare say, if you look at 70 years, one day a week, 10, hmm, that's interesting. The time is given back to them. It's a really interesting thing. And so this is just to more so whet your appetite. Maybe you haven't thought about this. Maybe it's just been like, hey, I go to church and I do that. But I would encourage you to say God's desiring you for a day to be present, to be present with your family, to remove all of these standards you put on yourself, these things you got to get done. And he invites you in. And I'm reminded of the story of Cinderella. I'm a woman preaching, so I can talk about Cinderella. I don't think Ryan would be talking about Cinderella or my dad, but stick with me, men. I tried it out on Ryan, and he, he still agreed, so stick with me here. Cinderella was, she had a good life, right? She had her dad. Her dad dies. She has her, her evil stepmom who makes her a maid. She lives down in the cellar. She does the thing, and that's all that life will ever be. And I, would, I don't even think she necessarily has a bad attitude. Every single Cinderella movie that I've seen, she's still just like, this is what it is. And, and she has her little mice friends and her little birds friends, and this is what it is. Until there's an invitation. Until an invitation is given. And an invitation is mailed or delivered by the guy. And he's like, hey, you guys are invited to this ball. Something changes. Something shifts. I gotta go. I want to go. Can I go? Where? I don't have a dress. I don't, you know, and the fairy godmother comes along and he's, let me help you. Let me do this. Let's get this dress. You have an invitation today that now can shift the way you view yourself, shift the way you view your life. And I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. After Cinderella gets to the ball and she dances, what does she do? She still runs back home into the cellar. She goes right back. And um, she goes back because she doesn't know what it could look like. She doesn't, she doesn't know, but what is she? She's chased down. The prince is determined to find her. And so you have this invitation today that your viewing life may be a little differently. That's okay. That's awesome. That's what it's supposed to be. There was no condemnation for Cinderella being in the cellar and doing what she knew. But it was an invitation to say there's something more. There's something more. You could be different. You could be a princess. You could be a queen. And so how you respond to that invitation today, that's up to you. Things take place. There's supposed to be rest. We're supposed to have these things and say, well, you know, Hannah, I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't know. Well, God's rest, like I said before, is more powerful than your work. It'll all work out. Sometimes things have to rest to do what needs to be done. I'm reminded of doing sourdough. I can't just sit there and work it all day long. I'd end up with a really bad loaf of bread. The work happens when you let it rest. 
you let it rest. If I touched it too much, it wouldn't do what it needed to do. I just need to let it rest. And as it rests, it rises. As it rests, it does what it's supposed to do. And so there's fruit to be had in your life that maybe you haven't even had the opportunity to pull on because you haven't let your hands off and said, okay, God, I trust you. Because you just, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. If I don't do it, no, just go like this and watch because he's good, he's good, right? And so um, that's the gift that I wanted to present to you guys today to say, I don't want that, that GMO, I don't want to live this modified world because guess what? There's no proof on how that's gonna turn out. I wanna live the way God created and I wanna live the purest life I can and I wanna take advantage of this gift he's given me, that he's given you, that we could all rest in his presence together and get rid of the consuming thoughts, the consuming lifestyle that we all have had, amen? Why don't y'all stand with me? All right. Dear God, why don't you even just put your hands out like this? as a physical sign, if you want to, no pressure, to, as a physical sign to say, all right, God, I release it. I release my thoughts of feeling like I have to do it. I know I'm holding on tight to that, or I don't know how, just open. God, I hold my life open. My hands are open. My schedule is open. My mind is open. My, my list of things that have to be done is open. I choose you. I choose to pursue you. I choose to allow you to pursue me a whole day. Wow, that's awesome, God. Thank you for chasing us down. Thank you for pursuing us. Thank you for the invitation that could change our life forever. That could change our life forever. I choose to accept your invitation, God. And I want to live this life the way you designed it, the way you created it, not modified to the way I think it should be or modified to the way the world has thought that we should live or makes the most sense. God, I wanna live the way you lived and that you commanded us to live. I thank you for this amazing gift and I praise you. Amen. Amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.